You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Now. Like, oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his perfumist. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? How big were her breasts? <laughs> when you stabbed me like this, and then I shot you like that. We were queers on the bridge. It was all coming back to me. It's all coming back Not to me now. Celine Dion. This is just making me think of Gentleman Jack O's. There were uh, moments no, no, right? <laughs> there were flashes of light. There were things I'd never do no, again, true. but then they'd always seem right. There were nights of endless pleasure. The sadly only nodding, just incurring a crow. Yeah, only they got right. Only Jumper Jack got the endless pleasures at night. I mean, we didn't see those endless pleasures, but we read about those endless pleasures. Because Gentleman Jack exists. I yes. would have never known that there was some jaunty hoes having many O's in Halifax. I mean, I feel like me, I always knew there was a bitch somewhere having an O. At any given time in history, but to know that the queer jaunt has been jaunting, as one would expect and wonder and think that it would, for as long as recorded history allows, that right. the heads did not burn the papers or the parchments or scratch out the jaunty O's in the wall. Because you know, some bitch was in a cave like, <laughs> one more ow! That's and right. someone is like, this was about crops. This was about... I can't. <laughs> That's why it couldn't have been about O's. Who would track their O's? Look at all these Lady Look, God depictions. Especially if you, a hat, you can't imagine tracking O's as a hat. Like, what you tracking on one hand? At best. But the queers, they're like, nope. One more tick. Mm. One ah. more tick. Let's go for a record. When every sexual jaunt session is like your new career high, like in basketball, new career high, oh. <laughs> you know, Ann Lister did that. I can't. I can't. Indescribable feels. Indescribable feeling. Wow. Is this over? Great. Please, is it? I think uh, it is. Okay. I think it is. It's the way oh, they showed us God. that. Even with the shitty choices, we could have gotten an ending where, yes, Eve is more overtly saved by Villanelle. So what does that look like? Does that mean that Villanelle notices that there's a red dot on Eve and then she jumps in the way? Like, like what's the cheesy thing that you do? Because something's bound to be messed up with how it's executed. But it's all of us noticing that Villanelle took one for Eve. But then you also said she has to die. Why can't she take the shot? And it be strategically where, like, I'm not saying it has to be just a flesh wound, but I, I would think. I'm going to reference a fucking quote because apropos, as I was earlier talking about Seven and Picard, he says towards the end of series one, actually, I think it's in the final episode with what's happening there, where a character is expressing doing something violent because they have no choice. And Picard says to her, to say you have no choice is a failure of imagination. Thank because you. No, that's our purpose. Choices. Can we talk about why the response from this creative, and I'll put that in quotes, <laughs> says <laughs> to have Villanelle sacrifice herself more overtly for Eve doesn't feel quite true to her innate self interest? In which universe, parallel or otherwise, does a Villanelle not want an Eve Palastri saved? We have never seen the evidence. 
Please, I would like to go over the. You are I would creating like to, a narrative. Let me visit for the receipts. No. Can I visit the receipts with you? Uh, sure. And the fandom series one. The bitch gets out the car because she's jaunty and sapphic and chaotic as hell. And Villanelle's like, "Oh, not me getting the vapors. Uh-huh. Let me shoot at your feet, sees with a kiss, so uh-huh. I can run away." Uh-huh. She gets into the bitch house. Eve runs for her life. Yeah. And she's like, "Listen, hell, I just, just want have to have dinner with, with you. you." Okay. And then they sit down. <laughs> she hems a bitch up. Yep. And forcefully smells her uh-huh. after taking her privilege of Eve's baldy. You have a very uh-huh. nice baldy. Does she slice Eve? She just threatens her. No, destroys right. her underwear. Right. Yes, yes. Leaves with the yes. dress, the couture that she took yes. off. And at the end of the season, doesn't Eve surely ask, hey, are you going to kill me? And she says, no. no. And she's like, you promise? You promise? And I do believe she kept that promise. Remember I said, yep. I would not be able to say Villanelle kept that promise So the series ended. She kept yep. that fucking she promise. She kept the promise. Right. Series two. She's talking about having a girl as her, as her girlfriend. Eve is her mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We will skip through a lot of the shenanigans in the first half and simply get to Forest of Dean. Oh. Forest of Dean. Yes. Because Villanelle's given the job, the hit. Uh-huh. And she does not handle it like Constantine. She does not just do it with a sad face. She goes through a lot of nonsense. She gets the gorgeous veil. She has that yep. fucking outfit that is not designed yep. for the male gaze. It's designed for the lady gaze. The female gaze. The woman's gaze. And she rolls up in there with her fucking sexy fucking knife and says, Would you like, would you to, like to touch to, my body? Would you like to touch I just thought of Amaria. Touch. No, right? Touch. What's the point? What's the point? She gets in there. The bitch has, I don't even know, what was it, Pez? Because Uh, whatever was in that bottle was bullshit. Mentos, right. It probably was sweet. (laughs) She said, here, take this fake arsenic, girl. Fake fucking poison. Eve, what are you doing? Spread it out. Right, right. Spread it out. Just so she could put that thigh someplace mysterious. Remember, Uh if y'all didn't listen to that snack, go back and listen to it because we have theories about where legs went Mm -hmm, at the sink. mm -hmm. Eve is basically like, yeah, I hired you to kill me. I need your help. Yep. And Villanelle says what? Okay. The only requirement is, will you give me everything I want? And what does Eve say? Yes. So, isn't Villanelle being pretty fucking protective with the ghost? I think she is. Isn't Villanelle being pretty ridiculous in Italy? I think she was. Mm -hmm. The bug sex happened. The try the bread. Uh Uh-huh. After everything happens with Aaron Peel, was that not Villanelle trying to protect Eve? Would you like me to? Uh huh. No, no, you're right. You are. She takes rid of Aaron Peel because Aaron Peel's like, you could fuck with me and I have everything. I'll give you whatever you want. And she's like, all I want is Eve though. Slice your throat. Yep. She fucking leaves with Eve. She says, Eve, we should just go. I'll take care of us. I got money. I got a place to go. And Eve is like, bitch, I need to make it make sense. So I need to make sure that my files or whatever, the bullshit I did with Carolyn. And Villanelle acquiesces and says, hey! Don't be brave. Yep. She says, keep yourself fucking safe so yep. we can run off to Alaska. Eve goes. And what 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 happens? She's confronted by Raymond. And what uh-huh. does Raymond do? He taunts. Where's your little girlfriend? Where's Eve? And makes her think that he could have possibly harmed Eve already. Yep. Yep. And then Villanelle says, time to turn up. They turn up. They get into the fight. Eve emerges with an axe. And Villanelle's like, oh, okay, time. Do it. Time to level up. Right? Murder O's. Murder baptism. Do it. It happens. And then what happens? They leave the hotel. But before they leave the hotel, we see that scene. Remember that scene Jody talked about, the improvisation? And the way that this show has had genius-level improvisation between Sandra and Jody every single time. She's being careful. She's like, let me help you take this off. Let me be tender with you. Let me be sweet with you. It's going to be okay, Eve. I know you're you're fucked up. It's all right. It's all right. Everyone's a little fucked up at their first kill. It's going to be great. You did a great job. Oh, my gosh. With an axe? All the way up until I got the money, I got the car, I got the place, I got uh-huh. the location. All we have to do is go. And then pigeons. Pigeons. And even though she shot Eve, I maintained right after the shot. And it works all the way up until Martin that she did not intend to kill because she is a learned bitch. And she surely made sure Bill was dead. She surely no, she, made sure. Plenty of people dead. Right, yeah, right, right. She did not want to kill Eve. Thusly, she did not. She shot that bitch. And so Eve remains alive. We go to series three. 
it gets a little wild in series three. But no, it does. we still have a protective Villanelle. Yep. I'm not ready to go back there with the Ben baby. No, yeah. Right? Yes. Right. right. And at the end of the series, the ballroom. And the ballroom is literally interrupted by Villanelle trying to protect Eve. Thank because you. Because Rayanne's stank ass shows the fuck up. Yes. With her banks and her shitty skills to interrupt the sapphic moment. And she's like, Eve, get out of here. I gotta go be a badass misandrist. And then she shoves, shoves fucking Rianne into the train tracks. And then at the end of the fucking show, we are in that fucking scene where Carolyn, Constantine, Paul, Eve. Eve is trying to interfere. And what is she? Right. You, uh, y'all yeah, can't yeah, see, but he reached out I his reached head. It right, because I know what she did. It's right. like what you do when you're driving with someone you care about and you stop short and you put your hand out. Yes. Even though the seatbelt's on, you do it reflexively. Yes. Because you want to protect somebody. Right. That's how she was doing Eve. And when Eve was trying to jaunt off into the darkness to get the 12, Phil I was like, I'm actually with Carolyn. Like, we could let her drop. Like, we could just go watch TV. Or right, whatever. right, right. No. <laughs> right. Go rob somebody. And Eve was like, y'all are all on one. I'm right? out of here. She's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And then you could even argue, especially since nobody addressed season three. So it's it's what we make it. Our interpretation that she was trying to protect Eve again. Yes. When Eve was like, how do I make it stop? All I see is your face. The sapphic John got me fucked up. And she was like, I know. We walk away. So... Huh? It does not serve Villanelle's innate, innate self self interest. It is a it, that's a queer line to write, right? When you're describing Villanelle and Eve Palastri, it surely because is. it betrays the page. It, it betrays is. the footage. It surely does. It it it's... it betrays everything that Sandra and Jody did over the course of these years. Like this shit, y'all. This fucking press rollout after killing Eve. I really thought the worst of it was going to be D&D, the Game of Thrones. I really thought they're inflammatory, out of touch, super privileged, just like fucking gross statements after Game of Thrones ended the way that it did. And people like myself had so many years invested because if you read the book when you were super young and then excited when the show gets announced and then you watch the fucking decade (laughs) that it took to take Game of Thrones only to have someone not care at all truly about your invested time. And this is fucking worse because everything we've read, Terrence, everything, uh, it makes me want to fucking fight. No, it's true. It's like, how how was this everyone's headspace? And then they were left in charge and was like, go have fun. I don't. Nobody cared about this fucking show. That's what y'all telling me? That Sally, you don't care about the fucking show. You didn't understand it. You didn't care. You were just lucky that you had it. Lucky that you stumbled across the codename Villanelle books. Lucky that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was available to rewrite. Lucky that Sandra O was recruited by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Lucky that Jody went to the fucking audition because she loved Phoebe. Lucky that all those things came together because without it, you don't get your magical fucking potion. And Phoebe literally is the linchpin. Phoebe is the no, thing that true. draws in Sandra and draws in Jody both who say, I want to be on this project because of her. And then you have a Phoebe. You can't keep a Phoebe because Phoebe was impossible to keep at that time. If you want to kill him, just keep going in a timely fashion. You but you her, do her not. Dues, right? right. You gave the reins to a good friend. And I understand that. Emerald Fennell surely jaunted to the Oscars. But actually she did. Like we shaded the Fear of the Walking Dead. But the way that I need to shade everything that Lauda ever touched yep i just it's like i don't need to go and visit any of those properties i don't yeah a bitch might give suzanne a chance because i surely will never give laura neal a chance i will never engage with a show that this bitch is writing on particularly if there's a queer character there and frankly i don't think anyone should ever give her the privilege of writing a single fucking queer character ever again write a girl boss all right write how she meets her husband of her dreams yeah, and uh, has a baby. Right. But and it, it lives it, a normal life. Yep. And goes to church, Church of England every Sunday. Has a favorite cloister. 
and Victor and all that. Oh, like those, those straight Hallmark um, right. Christmas yes, movies? Yes. Right. That yes. is your lane, That's your Laura. lane. You do all that. Right. You do those things. Go make something for Hallmark. Call up Lifetime. But they're doing queer stuff now, so maybe that's too jaunty for you. Why don't you keep, keep it with Hallmark? Yeah. Go with CBS. Actually, no. CBS is also Paramount Plus responsible for Star Trek, and they're taking more chances. No, yeah. So I don't even know where yeah. to go to the CW, where they like to bury their guests. Right. Uh, America, they have a PAX network, which is sort of like their Christian channel. Oh, do wait. that. What was the channel that got Underground taken off TV? WGN. Was it WGN? Yeah, you right there. Go, go, go right. there. Yes, go right there. That channel, it's giving bigotry. Sounds like a great place for you. Because this is... <sighs> So, all right, y'all, this fucking prologue, whatever. We've dived in to a lot of the shitty things, and there's certainly more shitty things that have been said from the people behind this final series of Killing Eve. But let's go Let's go into some of these titles. And thank you to those clowns out there who are reveling right. in the destruction of whatever rep Laura thought she had. Writing this, whatever glory she thought she was going to get with her 2.7 IMDb scored episode. So all of you clowns out there who are circulating this shit around with every fucking bad headline that you can find saying, what the fuck, Killing Eve? I appreciate you. And so this one graphic has a jaunty amount. The first one is Killing Eve Review. The frustrating series finale isn't much of an ending at all. <laughs> wow. Killing Eve fans slam shows ending as tired and unforgivable. Unforgivable. Hell yeah. Killing Eve betrays its audience in the end. Sure did. Killing Eve fans compare finale to Game of Thrones after underwhelming ending. Beyond underwhelming. Killing Eve comes to the less than killer end of its long, strange trip. Everyone hates the Killing Eve series finale <laughs> ending. Everyone hates Killing Eve's ending. Killing Eve fans left furious and devastated by heartless finale. Heartless. Heartless finale twist. Worst ending ever. Heartless is the truest word to use. Killing Truly. Eve just ended in the worst possible way. <laughs> Killing Eve failed its queer fan base in the end, but great acting preserves show's legacy. Wait, you know what? We might not keep this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Extra, extra! How the Killing Eve finale tragically betrays its queer audience. It's like, so we're two, extra, we extra. are two different news kids on different corners selling oh, different. Oh, well, we like are the selling, newsies. Yes, we're selling different articles about Killing Eve to the. Get your papers, kid! <laughs> Get your papers! The Killing Eve really just end with a burial gaze twist. Yes, the fuck it did. Yes, it did. Extra, extra, I actually feel cheated. Killing Eve ends with a less than a bang and more of a splash as fans slam underwhelming Tupac finale <laughs> <laughs> and condemn its poor treatment of the LGBTQ plus characters despite signing off with a string of brutal deaths. I mean, that was a on. that was a mouthful. So they tried to but a valid mouthful, but they tried to bury the barrier gays trope, which is even more egregious. They said, you know, but there was there was other non-gays that were killed, so it's everybody was buried. So it's not specifically barrier gays, right? But it is. Right? It no, is. No, 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 we know it is. Extra, extra <laughs> breaking news: Killing Eve's ending has left a lot of people very unhappy, as it's branded lazy <laughs> and unoriginal. <laughs> lazy and unoriginal. Wow. Oh, wow. On top of it. Oh, extra, extra. Killing Eve is an incredible spy thriller, tainted by an unsatisfying ending. Beyond unsatisfying. Whoa, wow, wow. Get your newspapers here. Killing Eve ends with a total betrayal of what once made it great. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra. How Killing Eve's disappointing finale missed the mark. <laughs> papers half off. 
furious killing you fans call for Phoebe Waller Bridge to rewrite disappointing finale. And one has it on the streets that a petition is circulating right now that I've seen thousands of clowns sign. Also a petition to arrest Laura Neal, but that's something else entirely. <laughs> I did see that and uh, there were lots of signatures there. was there. a lot of signatures. You know what? <clears throat> Not mad at it. Not mad at all. Mm. Extra, extra, Killing Eve just ended in a heartbreaking way after four seasons and yes, everyone is upset about it. And finally, breaking news, Killing Eve and When You Should Know Better, the persistence of barrier gays. Wow. Another gay has been buried, everyone. Laura hates the gays. She said, but if they're happy, how can life go on? So I need my gays to die and be miserable. In fact, it's inevitable, you see? It's inevitable. Tom. Oh, I can't. It's inevitable. I, uh, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Oh. So of these scathing takedowns that we've seen, what is one that you would like to highlight? I feel like you mentioned the Vulture one earlier. Oh, yes. No. That one yes. just came out. And what's so funny about Vulture is that I've shown you takedowns from the Angelica writer before. And the way she has eviscerated people's films and projects with just like an eloquent string of words, like it's very much giving Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf in the sense that like you taking somebody down with your vocabulary. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you use some words that probably some people potentially, like they're like, I didn't even know words could go together like that in order to insult in such a way. The last one I really read from her that just took me all the way out because <laughs> we definitely don't always agree on opinions on media, but it was her Candyman review. And it was just, it took it down. And all the ways need to go down. As you know, I did not enjoy Candyman. Oof. It was very much a disappointment. No, yeah. A directing, writing, all of it was bad for me. And she took that shit down. And so I feel like this is my theory about the Vulture thing is because in doing some Googling, I do believe that the Vulture recap of the finale was a lot of bullshit. Or written by someone who maybe just like didn't understand any of the concepts really that made Killing Eve move because just the sentiment at the end of what happened with Eve and Villanelle didn't feel on par with someone who actually loved the show. And they put that out the night of, usually as people do, oh, it's aired, here it is. And I think after seeing the obvious backlash, the consistent trending of Laura's name, Villanelle's name, Eve's name, Killing Eve all week. And the reality that Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all these other people like, actually, bury your gaze. Wow, this was crappy. Like the headlines we just read, that Vulture was like, who's our best takedown bitch? Angelica. You were watching Killing Eve. You were recapping it last season. Could you dial in for the fans? Could you, could you hit that note of disappointment? And she did hit a note. But I don't know if that's your favorite takedown. It certainly was a scathing one. Oh, it was. I also read the op-ed by Sarah Clemens. As a queer Killing Eve fan, I feel betrayed. And that too was very well written. It wasn't like, it was. it was emotional, I think. You know, obviously from the point of view of being queer and disappointed once again. Whereas Angelica was just like a scathing takedown of depravity done by the heads. No, it was. She was like, oh, you thought you did something with the fashions? You didn't. <laughs> oh, you think no, you did said, something with the you blocking? Thought you thought something you with didn't. your production elements? You didn't. Right. You failed. I know there was another article written by journalist Carla Meyer that was talking about how Killing Eve failed its queer fan base in the end. That was the title. The one about but the great acting preserves show's legacy. And it's like, the acting preserves like what we know, that we know about even Villanelle, but I'm not sure that the acting preserves the legacy of Killing Eve. Because the legacy of Killing Eve will be what Laura decided to make it, which is that it's yet another show in the many that have found reasons to justify killing off a queer character. And not only that, because we're not saying that queer characters should not die, that they cannot ever die. It's the manner in which they are taken no. out. Yes. And when it consistently, for the most egregious examples, follows the first genuine moment of happiness as it relates to finding love, that is highly problematic. 
and it has a deep, deep entrenched history in cinema. And we cannot let the Hets get away with it and gaslight us by saying, well, she was a killer, though. Well, she was a psychopath, though. Wasn't Root a killer? Dina was a killer. No, well, yeah. Tara helped hunt vampires. She mm-hmm, deserved to mm-hmm. it? No, you are making points here. Points are being I mean, made. Was it Admiral Kane on Battlestar Galactica? She was rude. To who she thought was a lover, but uh, I'm just saying, there's a lot of, I can go with soldiers, I can go with I was about to say the 100. Spies, Atomic Blonde. I mean, there's a lot of examples here. Oh, so we can just say whatever. Oh, she's a nurse, you know, being a nurse is dangerous. Oh, she was a fire a fire person. Being a fire person is dangerous because I, what was that show, Station, whatever, 31. Oh, yeah. A while ago, that same girl who was in Lucifer, she was in there playing queer. They killed that bitch off. And so it's like, <sighs> when, did the, when did the excuses wow. stop? When did they stop? Because I'm you can always make one. Well, you know, show. it's easy to be, it's off, so you can't watch it. Okay. I mean, you could, but it's not live. But how many excuses must we have? Like, how many must there exist? When Tara Thorne was killed off of True Blood, then people say, well, she was a vampire. It's a dangerous situation. Oh, that's the excuse this time. Because Alan Ball just made this decision, left the show for you guys to go ahead and invert it. Mm-mm-mm. Tamsin from Lost Girl, she had to die. Is it because she was a Valkyrie? Naturally, her last lifetime, she had to die. What about Charlotte from Harlots? She had to die? Is it because she's a whore? She was a whore. And it was back in the day, you know, whores die back in the day. So naturally. It's... Jenny Schechter, that word, killed by gays. But the way Eileen Chaikin has killed multiple queers, she had no business killing. And that is between her tenure, doing absolutely horrible by Jenny Schechter on the original L word and Generation Q because she decided to change that shit, which the actress herself does not agree with or kiki with, all the way to Empire, where she brought motherfucking MILFs are us no, right. with Naomi Campbell yep. and Marissa Tomei just to kill them both and put them in a horrible relationship. And this is like that comment I saw on the Vulture article where someone used the exact cues and they referenced the line she wrote saying, and so a series about queer women from the Vulture article with each other ends with a bury your gaze trope. And they say, to be fair, Villanelle was an assassin. Okay. But so what? I mean. So that's what I'm saying. The excuse is always there, which is why I brought up Root, who was a killer. Lexa on the 100 was a warrior. Nadia on Killing Eve was a killer. Hinata, which you didn't watch that show, was on Vajan on Apple Plus. She was an astronaut. But you know, going into space is dangerous. So that's why she had to die. It's like um, this excuse, is it's not a merited excuse. It's not. Well, that's sort of the point is that it never is. That you can always find something to say. You can always try to deflect the bullshit of what it is, of what this trope is, of what hats have been doing for decades and decades and decades. But that is why I brought up a lot of these recent women who have gone down who are in shows that are high stakes along with other people and yet many of the men live i could also say gaia from spartacus gods of the arena oh Mm. that was a death that took me out i mean i was enjoying the queer shit that i was getting from lucy as lucretia and old girl who also played hg wells on warehouse 13 where she died but they came back to life only to die as Gaia and Spartacus in a horrible way, fucking horrible, violent way. But you know it starts. Yikes. Ooh, also Deanna, or number three, Battlestar Galactica. But she was also connected to Admiral Kane, and that was... It was just, it was really bad. Maybe it wasn't the worst lesbian rep, but it wasn't giving, like, the girlfriend experiment. Where it's like, this is a fucked up story, and I'm enjoying it just because I love something twisted. It was it was something else. Oh, entirely. no. Did you not watch Battlestar Galactica? Uh, I'm gonna say... Probably not, even though it's probably on around the same time as SG-1 and as Andromeda and as... What but year I was think... Andromeda? All right, well, now I gotta pull up things. All right, let me see. Because I feel like Andromeda starts a number of years 
Before Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica is like around 2004, 2005. Wait. Oh, Andromeda ends in 2005. So it was starting in 2000. Right. That's why I said Battlestar Galactica was a whole ass moment. Well, I don't know how you live your life. So how am I even referencing shit when you haven't seen any of it? I haven't seen lots of things. <laughs> yeah, but as a person who claims to be a fan of Lucy Lawless, how have you not seen everything she's been in post-Cena? I'm just saying, someone gotta, check your, someone gotta check your Lucy card. Because how have you missed the multiple times she's played queer and been buried? It's happened multiple times in Cena. It's happened on Spartacus. It's happened on Battlestar Galactica. It has happened. It might have happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It did happen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I really did enjoy Saxa from Spartacus. That was a violent hoe that could have lived. But they said, no, Candace, she cannot live. Mm. She must die. It's a warrior's it's a slave revolt. They have to get free. She must die. She must die. I feel like she could have been someone's retainer. She could have lived and lived a jaunty, a wild life. I mean, a lot of people went down in that final season of Spartacus, but there wasn't enough queer women to just be out here killing bitches like that. I also really enjoyed fucking Gaga's character in American Horror Story, the Countess. She was fantastic. I still wish she was alive. Give her a spinoff, Ryan Murphy. We deserve but, it. But with the anthologies of Horror Story, sometimes he does source the characters again for, or is it just the thespians again for different roles? Uh, but then sometimes it's... Like, American Horror Story has been on a long time now, so he's yeah. been able to do that, but just several seasons, if you're really referring to Coven, an apocalypse where he brought certain characters back, like Queenie, and he, like, resolved other things that people were really stressed out about in terms of, like, just the ending, Misty. Mm. The fucking frog. Uh, it was like people were devastated for their favorite character in terms of how he left things. And so he did resolve it better. For some of those characters and bringing back Marie Laveau and because she was cursed. She was literally sent to be cursed, just like Jessica Lange's character. And so he did some stuff to fix that. But even though Ryan Murphy has a bunch of gays buried and a number of them perturbed me. He has added so many gays to the lexicon that he has the right to kill some of them, especially when nearly all of his characters live in the horror world and murder is part of course. He's just like, I'm stuffing this with queerness. Of course, someone's gonna die that's gay because I have a bunch of gay people in here. Yeah, and this is the reason why some of your little excuses about why certain people need to die because of their vocations, because of their skill sets, because of their line of work, they knew the risks. Like, it was inevitable. Like, it doesn't hold water. And it's not entertaining ending of a thesis or an ending or a sunsetting of the character because the character could just be off even if you don't want to say they're not off happily they could still just be seen off you don't have to then phase them into a new realm that that's not what you need to do well statements like phasing into a new realm are insulting because they don't make any sense and again given the history of queer content and how people have decided to show queers i think of <laughs> i mean i mentioned children's hour I think I mentioned the children's hour. Maybe I did mention the children's hour earlier. I can't recall, but if anyone's familiar, it's from 1961 and it stars Audrey Hepburn, a very young Shirley MacLaine. And it's symptomatic of the kind of gay stories that you would get. Although many people would say this was the first sympathetic lesbian story because oh. of the concept. Basic plot for anyone who doesn't know is that there's some teachers, essentially headmasters, whatever, all girls boarding school, a girl gets in trouble, she is sent home, she tells a lie to her parents that they lesbian and, oh my and God. it's about what happens and the, how they get ostracized and all the drama and how they put stress on them. And then it gets to a point in the film where Shirley MacLaine's character has like a coming out and she basically admits like, okay, but what if this is true? What if I do got these feelings for you? But the way she gives this melodramatic 
like fucking soliloquy. It's full of self-loathing. It's full of, you know, suicidal ideation. Like, it's just bad. And Audrey Hepburn being like, no, of course you're not a gay. We're just friends. Remember people told a lie. This can't be true. What are you fucking talking about? It's awful. And at the same time, it was amongst the very few bits of representation. <laughs> you know, heavy quotes for for gays Mm. to watch and be like, oh, wow. And, you know, that was in the fucking 60s. You know, fucking Queen Christina. Gosh, I haven't watched that in forever, but what do you call it? It's about Queen Christina of Sweden. Same subject of the more modern girl king. Well, this sounds enticing. It's played by Greta Garbo. Now, they initially decided to make this film because of another one that was matching a uniform. It was also about a schoolgirl because that was a thing. Mother daughter. And again, if you want to know why people say things like mother daughter when they see sapphic shit, you got to go back to what the hats were doing yeah. in these early times. And this is one of those things. So. Matching uniform. You know, it's fucking a schoolgirl falls head over heels for naturally one of the teachers and oh you know what this is one of those films that the nazis tried to destroy entirely but they did not because it was german the german film madchen in uniform and like two years later and christina would come out and i do believe the inspiration for making that was madchen because it was like oh wow look at this but then they made greta's character like they gave her a heterosexual love interest so but you know there was only so far people were willing to go they also got rid of any explicit mention of her being a big gamo. Hmm. But, you know, there's some aspects of things that remain. She does flirt with women and has the infamous line, I shall die a bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone likes Greta Garbo, you can check it out. But, you know, there's things to be said. As queers quoted as villains, uh, Hitchcock, looking at you, Hitchcock, thought you could use the queer to prop up your nonsense many times, and you did, and you did. Anyone see Rebecca? Get in my mentions. If you see that shit and you know what they did with that lesbian character, please get in a bitch mentions because the way I can talk about what classical films do and don't do, everyone knows about the film Psycho. Do you know about the film Rope? <laughs> do you know about Strangers on a Train? Ah. Yeah, I get he may be cited as like someone to, I guess, study, but I, I don't think I'm going to be over there. It's the pairing of queerness with, what's the word I would look for? Depravity. A certain type of moral depravity. So, oh, if you like the queer, if you are queer, then naturally you must be a murderer. In the film Rope by Hitchcock, the two men basically kill someone for kicks. And hey, kill someone for kicks. But why are we doing it with the gays? Hitchcock. Oh, and the killing of Sister George. Now, I cannot recommend this to any gay out there who is trying to take it seriously. I can, however, recommend it as a view into a time capsule of what was happening. All right. And it's absurd. British. It sounds like it's absurd. It's <laughs> it's like whatever happened to Baby Jane but for lesbians. Like it's absurd. No, I'm, I'm, it's I'm campy. It's scary. It's This don't sound fun. Mm. But it's not even about being fun. It's about the knowledge of history. History is not always fun. But in order to sparse what people say sometimes and cut down what they say, you have to know the examples that came before. Because art is not made in a vacuum. All art that comes before whatever you do has influenced your art. It is inevitable. Hence that quote that's like, all art is plagiarism of some sort. Because it is inspired by something else that has already existed. Therefore, you cannot make queer media in a vacuum. If Laura thought she could make queer media in a vacuum, oh, I could just, I could compartmentalize it over here. Here's why I feel 
Tylenol has to die. Here's why Eve has to do this. Here's why it's cleansing. It's bullshit. And that's why I was naming these things because these concepts from Hetz are old. They swear they're always doing some new shit and it's the most hackneyed, tired version of a queer story to exist. So that is why I'm mentioning these because they are important. And if people were to look them up, you will see how the Hetz have been trying to do us queers and have been doing us queers dirty for literally the entire time. The celluloid has been a thing. And it saddens me and it makes me want to go out and fight some Hetz, but I won't. I won't do it. Not today anyway. So if y'all want to go ahead and set some money aside for that, go fund me. That will meet... Will need to take place uh, sooner than later. Uh, we'll, that's the money we'll on my books. Right. That's that's the least that we ask for. It's the way I kind of want to bring up this Hollywood Reporter article. This Sally oh, Ward Jenter. Not Sally again. Yes, and she. I didn't is... read that one yet. Is she being problematic all over again? Well, what she's doing oh, is dear. um she's congratulating the fact oh, that dear. everyone was able to be a woman and you know in their appointed fields. Or oh. you know um as far as like you know they're they're right. She didn't go into the writer's room. All she basically started with was that she basically started talking about how having an all-female director's uh, crew, how she was able to have brilliant female costume designers, and now that there's a brilliant female production designer. And, you know, she talked about growing up in, you know... Uh, oh, more girl boss schools. Stuff. Right, right. She hmm. she was... She went, she schooled in an all-girls institution, and she was, she was learned that girls can do anything. So <laughs> for her, mm. even though she understands that the world of, like, film mm. and television could be... Could be chauvinistic that I mean when it comes to killing Eve that hasn't been her experience and that um it was just a wonderful you know privilege to be able to always just be around all of these um you know learned and talented women and then she th- was able to outright thank Haley but um sadly when when that came up the interviewee decided to bring up that yeah that there was a photo of a female but very white writer's room that showed up on the Twitter oh so and to what she had to answer for she had to answer for it and basically oh was like well when you're in a busy atmosphere oh you know your backstop could just be okay I know so and so and they can do it just bring oh. them in and which is which sounds oh, a little nepotism like sounds like it and she said don't be embarrassed to have conversations about it you've got to constantly remind everyone that so our friends bias, giving each other the hookup uh-huh, uh-huh, instead uh-huh, of finding uh-huh, the right people uh-huh, to fill the thing it uh-huh. was like you here uh-huh, uh-huh. i see which i, I didn't see. know that people could do that i thought a writer's room was like sourced from like a union and then well, like that happened they want. i see i see and she's talking about yes unlearning you know biases um that it's a uh, what constantly remind everybody that our bias towards people that look like us is unconscious but it is there and you've got to constantly check it be held to account but if y'all are around yourselves y'all are never going to hold each other accountable so that means somebody on the outside has to do it or that one person that don't <sighs> but get you along know what's with fucked up you know what's fucked up about this whole girl boss hashtag feminism like just nonsense propaganda we're being fed it's the way remember when alive when i was like i wonder who directed this episode and i called out damon's name because i was unaware that it was stella until i looked it up and i should have known because i didn't really like most of the shots Mm. aesthetically and you know i can be a real nerd about that and just go on and on about framing and shadows and the juxtapositions of colors and whatever and the way that i was confused about the sequence of events in the final five minutes I don't think I would have been confused with Damon Thomas because you remember he directed, I believe, uh, Taking to the Hole, I Don't Want to Be Free, mm-hmm. and God, I'm Tired from yeah. Series 1. Do You Know How to Dispose of a Body? Series 2, Nice and Neat, Wide Awake, and of course the finale, You're Mine. 
and uh, from series three, Beautiful Monster, Are You Leading or Am I? And, you know, I think you can see his particular style with the type of shots no, yes. he chose, juxtapositions between Ina yes. Villanelle. It shows. And the disjointed nature, artistically. Because even when we had showrunners changing, I think it was smart to keep a director that you used to frame very important episodes yeah. and use them again. Yeah. Why not? Because we do not have a through thread of a writer that maybe we should keep a visual person to have the through thread. But we did not. We did not. For the first series, we did not have Damon Thomas direct a single episode. And it shows. I don't, that's but, but no, but and I, it's sad that I'm in this no, position. No, no, no. I think me. I think that Masons he showed up for uh, series four, episode one, and then uh, they they said, you know what, we're doing a Ducati shot. It's Eve. No, da, 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 da. I think all of this disruption comes from the Panini. I just don't know, like, why use him consistently? Yeah, Unless maybe you lost him because bitches got to work and pay their bills. Well, that's I Right. I just, I mean, the Panini had a break. And, you know, production people were scrambling for some time. But then what are we going to do? Just not work? You probably going to try to get on some shit that you could do. No, that's true. So he probably did find work. Right. It was like two years of space. No, you're right. And right, like he potentially talented. was doing something else. Right, right. No. somebody else yeah, was like, was "I saw both. the episode of Killing Eve." Right, could you come over here? Let me see what IMDb says. IMDb. It shows some TV series in pre-production, fabled. I don't know. So he's probably my best friend's exorcism. It says completed. Oh, so he. So did maybe he was shows. working a film. Uh, well, yeah. it looks like the exorcism is a film. Okay, but he's the director of this film. Films take a lot of drama. Oh yeah, and stress. And so maybe that's what he decided to do. Like, oh, I'm going to do this film, and now I'm unavailable. Via your schedule. Because I just, I, we know he was executive producer, but I think that was just like, okay, you've been a part of it. So you are a producer, but as we know, all producers aren't created equal. They don't all do stuff. That's true. Sometimes they're just there to be a financier, to be a co-signer or whatever. So, you know, I think that was one of the things that ultimately hurt Killing Eve is that they lost a number of the people who helped define specific aspects of the show. And new people came in with different definitions and a lot of them we did not love. We did not. Charlotte. <sighs> Charlotte, your fashion. I know. Oh, Charlotte. Oh. Is it is it weird to just hope that someone follows a template that existed before them? I mean, people can be artistic and experiment, but I think, you know, especially because of the whole writer situation, that that changeover is not smart. I think other people are looking at this example and being like, ah, oh, okay, no. So the thing to do is to get someone to be the showrunner who you like and respect and to fill that writer's room and potentially have writer's room changeover with a certain, like, smattering a percentage of, of people of different identities. But changing over the showrunner, if you want to keep the identity of your show and the story and where it's going cohesive, is probably not the best idea. And when you look at other shows that have changed over showrunners after someone was was jaunting along, The Walking Dead has multiple changeovers and it shows. Oh, yeah. True Blood had a changeover and it shows. So, you know. mm. But that Sally article, that Sally article is interesting because I'm curious about, I'm sure we'll go back to it as we further deconstruct Eve Palastri. Because I told y'all I was going to wait to the end of the season and see what they did not say about Eve Palastri, what they did not tell us to really go in on some bitches about what we didn't get and why I think we didn't get it and how unfair it is to the fans, to the character of Eve Palastri, and most importantly to Sandra Oh, who did her very best yep, she did. to inhabit Eve Palastri despite the lines she wasn't given and the ridiculous lines she was in later series. So I'm sad to hear you say that there wasn't a single Asian person in there. In the photo, not a single Asian person. Right, no and so, how many queers? Just Kaylee. So wait, are you saying that no Asians uh, uh, applied? It was in an application process, or maybe Audition? nobody had an Asian friend they could offer the job to? Since apparently that's how the fuck oh, it goes. Yeah, but right. I really thought all the gaucheries, all the embarrassment from in the panini. 
when the writer's room first came out, would say, let's hire, let's do that. Let's. But wasn't there an immediate denial? Wasn't it like, no, 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 that wasn't the complete room. There were, there, we have people of color. They just weren't on that Zoom call. I feel like. I think there was something like that that happened, but I'm just like, where are the receipts? Like, right. who is the jaunty Asian writer who was ideally queer? Right. Who was helping add to Eve Palastri's voice? No one. Because they might have said, remember her auntie? Can she have an offline about how she's not working at the restaurant anymore? How she called and left a text? Could we do that? Could we? Maybe. Oh, could we talk about Raymond? Because, you know, I just feel like the inner life of Eve Palastri is important. And some people care about her inner life and what she's thinking. And as great as Sandra Oh is with her fucking face and her range, we, we could give her some lines, too. That would be cool. We could actually evolve Eve with lines. That would be nice. And the way that didn't happen for me, really. It did not. Anything that I take from Eve Palastri that is significant from this final series is literally all due to Sandra O oh and how she acted the part. Same with Jody. Like, there are lines, and surely Kaylee put her foot in it. <laughs> Rainbow, since beige boots, that was fly as fuck, Kaylee. I will hold on to that. But, you know, it was ultimately too little. No, yeah. Not enough. Not to each other. The queers were outnumbered. The queers were outnumbered. The minorities of any kind were outnumbered. Yeah. And sadly, it shows. So I guess we'll get into those things more. There are obvious reasons why we got a shitty season. Punctuated with a horrible finale in which the showrunner decides to upend the entire subversity of the show. They said, I'm taking my ball and going home. I, I... They did. Once rooted shamelessly in misandry to adhere to the same old dogmatic patriarchal shite. And for what, Terrence? To have the distinction of being the worst rated TV show finale of a prestige show and didn't ever have, and didn't have all those ladies names attached to the episode well outdoing even game of thrones and we did call this shit i fear we did they said the girls outdo bro the dude bros i wow we called wow. it we saw the stuttering we saw the stares we simply didn't want to believe it and reckless optimism is what we said we would do with comic of contour until the bitter end and that's what we did y'all you saw the confetti you saw the lives you know we tried we tried up until the bitter fucking end Mm-hmm. Until you saw a bitch crying in 4K, my tears. So, and what and y'all have heard what the the people behind the scenes have to say for themselves? They're creating fictions of what they think they shot, thinking of shots that. Oh don't... yeah, double scar play. Is that in the B- to BTS? <laughs> or like, I would like to see it. If Eve was out here touching a bitch scar because the way I have wanted her Thank to touch, you. no, yes, Villanelle's abdomen. And say something, do something, like get jaunty with it. I don't know. But I, the way we didn't get it, but Lara thinks we did. Okay. Y'all said gay's fine. Let's put Eve, let's bathe Eve. I mean, you didn't give her a loofah. You didn't scrub her. You just had her in the tub. But it's it's a step, I Whatever. guess. Whatever. It's not a step. It's an invisible step. But then after that, you said, let's put Villanelle with the UTI. And so I'm like. Look. I mean, maybe there wasn't even a smash, you know? Everything's implied, which means it's up to you. If you didn't see it on screen, it's up to you! Because Lauda is making her own fucking fan fiction that she did not actually include in her actual scripts that she turned a fuck in and that they shot. Eve got out the water. She's renewed! She swims! She makes it all the way back to shore! And even though Villanelle was literally an inch away from her fingers, some mysterious fucking current that carries Villanelle away, oh, but doesn't carry that? Eve away, it carries Villanelle away, it doesn't carry Eve away, and for some reason, that Eve does not swim. She does not put the arm forward to get in. Literally, I was a fucking camp counselor. Literally, I saw kids nearly drown. Literally, I've jumped into the water to save a fucking child. What current 
takes one person, but not the other person. Is that how water works? This is giving that horrible movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. What was it? Save, wait. It was, it was the was world ending movie. The day after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow. tomorrow when they but, were running from the cold frost. Right. And they were two inches from the frost. And I said, you're not cold? The frost is right there, but you can't feel the cold. That's not how air works. It's the That's way, not how humans work. The way they it's did that shot. That's not how temperature shot. works. They both were not in the water. I feel like they were both suspended in the air. It was, it was a mess. No, they used something like a phantom cam. 120, 240 frames per second, whatever the fuck they were doing. But it's absurd. It was obviously in a pool. When the gust was coming for Villanelle, they obviously had someone yank on Jody to give that sudden pull. But my whole thing is, it doesn't make sense for a river. It doesn't make sense for science or physics. It doesn't make sense for Eve to go in the opposite direction of a current. And it doesn't make sense that she wouldn't just swim forward. Because I don't know, am I supposed to believe that Villanelle was sinking at a rate different than Eve? And that if she were to use propulsion, thrust, to get to Villanelle, she wouldn't exceed that speed she was falling at. No, no, Candace, you're supposed to believe nonsense. You're supposed to believe that that water was blue. At night, you're supposed to believe ridiculousness. It was lighter in that water than it was in the Titanic water. And so I just... I'm over it, you know? So we're going to be doing things differently as we go over these final two episodes. Right, like, yeah. Those of you who joined us during the live probably have a good idea of what this odyssey might be like. And if you weren't with us in the live... Um, Simply just watch the I was shit show. Say, the shit show sad. of the finale. You too, perhaps, can guess. Or you can watch the live too, but I'm sure y'all can guess how this might go. Firstly, it will be many parts. I'm quite sure. Many parts. Oh, yes. They will not all publish on the same day. They'll publish whenever the fuck they come out. How many? Bitch, we don't know. We don't know yet. Um, we're just going to let it happen organically. And if that's a jaunty length, like the uh, Wheel of Time book, 14 installments. <laughs> no, right? Like, <laughs> Whatever. We, you, you will see. Some shit. That, that's, right. that's what's going to be. We will have something to say until there's no more to say. We might be talking shit about killing Eve till 2026. And that's when we post the epilogue. Here we are, 2026, with our epilogue of the fucking breakdown. We're finally done saying stuff. And then 2032, psych, we're here. (laughs) But will we, or will the earth be dead? Sorry, that's, (laughs) I know, it's maudlin. It's not right, Um, but it's also a possibility. So I guess basically we're going to be, we're going to try to give a full breakdown, an analysis of what's going on. Um, stream of consciousness, uh, academic references, feral screams into the void, whatever the moment calls for. Yep. We're going to do it. And we're going to talk about what I am now referring to as the beauty and the bullshit. Because this is the polarity I'm living with with Killing Eve, that there are beautiful things in series four. Not a lot. <laughs> Comparatively to the bullshit. But they were still there. And so that's how I'm summing up series mm. four. Beauty and bullshit is beauty and bullshit. That's what we have. That's what we have rather simplistically, and all the beauty, naturally, comes primarily from the incomparable Sandra O. Jody Coma doing their things, having their range. I do love Fiona Shaw, and I used to love Carolyn. It hurts me to say it. However, in this final season, Carolyn was mostly on the side of bullshit. So I don't really have much beauty. Yeah. With Carolyn, I have a whole lot of bullshit yep. with this hoe. And she had and a whole so lot was, of minutes. So was um, Kim poor Cambodia. And he had a whole lot of minutes. In the penultimate episode, they, they turned him into bullshit because they revealed that he's literally the shittiest father ever. He left his only child to rot in jail and didn't have a message for her. And it's the way that we just, were just hoping so Someone would say something about Arena in any oh, he episode. Did. He did at the end there. Right. He they literally shoehorned Arena like they did the kiss. No, yeah, just before everything turns. Here's a fucking thing, and yeah, and both the instances of Carolyn and Constantine, Laura found a way to use their last ever minutes of the show, the last ever minutes of them on the show, to subvert everything we thought we knew about these hoes. And so, as a, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic that she decided to do that for shock value, for twists, because she can't do math. Right. I don't know. Uh, uh, Ooh, the math doesn't math in fucking Narnia, Terrence, or Wonderland. If it no. can't math in Narnia, Wonderland, what is the math, Terrence? I don't know where. Right. 
It just doesn't. The limit does not exist. The rules do not exist. exist. Logic does not exist. So the last thing I want to mention before we try to wind this down for this part, the travesty of the fashion. It's really been weighing on me, Terence, because of that final episode. They seem to be implying that Villanelle was perfectly fine to go to some end because she was going to help Eve and do something good for Eve. And my whole thing is Villanelle, when, first of all, here's the first question. When has Villanelle gone to a kill in casual way? A kill that she knew she would be participating in. <sighs> When, um, when 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 does that happen? Not not when she was hired to do the kill. No, right. All the way through series three, she still found time for a look. Yep. One of my favorite looks was in Pinna, where for the first time we saw Villanelle in some kicks and a mm-hmm. bomber jacket. Oh yeah, it was giving hella gay. But was, all of her outfits no. give hella gay up until actually no. Let me say hella gay with style up until many of the episodes in series four. Not all of them, just well. many, many of the episodes. And so here's here's one of my biggest issues that I realized I have is that she is in casual wear for the kill. That you can't tell me that her knowing that she was going to kill somebody, she would dress up. And the way that I just fantasized a whole scenario that where it's not even, I have all kinds of scenarios that I'll probably drop in the snacks of like where they could have changed this at several points in the show. Like you could keep all the shitty shit you did for like the first 20 minutes and still change the fucking shit. But to actually not have, to not send Villanelle and Eve, but certainly Villanelle for what she stood in the show off in appropriate fashion to be like, okay, her and Eve are gonna go do this. They're not gonna shop real quick. Villanelle's not gonna take her to buy an outfit for herself, for Eve, get a jaunty weapon, plan. How they're going in there? Because I just don't understand how they really expect me to believe that Villanelle trained assassin who did not look like she was just trying to jaunt off into death. In every other episode we watched her in, why would she go to something this dangerous without a plan of escape or without a way to be safe or to keep Eve safe? And certainly the easiest of that is a motherfucking bulletproof vest when we have the goddamn precedent of Villanelle wearing a bulletproof vest in series one. Truth. So, you know, I'm sure I'll be yelling randomly about that as the parts go on. In addition to the fact that I know someone did the jaunty research, I saw it on Twitter, that they probably fucked in the camper for about 35 minutes. But Terrence, I take issue because 35 minutes is simply not enough for your first no, sexual agreed. jaunt with someone you've not had the jaunt with, agreed but you've been again. desiring and longing for. First of all, sex, what, what, queer sex though, it's not. We already discussed, it's not had sex. It's time consuming. I really believe, personally, that you leave the episode up until where it is, literally up until that part where they get to the kiss. After they fucking separate from the kiss and they go back to the fucking camper van and Villanelle goes to open the door, Eve makes the gesture to the door like, oh, you going over there? Like she's like, I thought we was getting ready to get to the horizontal mama. I thought we was getting ready to bone, ma'am. I thought you were getting the strap because she does a gesture like, oh, that's how I read it. And then Villanelle's like, oh, so you ready to, and she runs around the thing. So with that energy, you really mean to tell me, first of all, that they somehow stop fucking while it's daytime? You literally look up Thank to the you. foggy window, which you're sliding your hand like it's fucking Titanic, and you're like, not the sun being down. The way I would have right. taken everything leading up to the 12, then you fucking cut to inside the camper. You give the fans something of a love scene that everyone yep. has wanted to see. I'm not talking about being explicit. I'm talking about intimate, tender moments that have been earned with yep. these Yep. fucking women. You imply the jaunty sex scene by the passage of time. The sun is up when they go in the camper. The sun is down when we, okay, here's some kisses, some canoodling, cut the fuck away, sun's down. I would even, you know, they were doing homages that made no sense, ultimately. Fucking fish tank bullshit. I'd have done the foggy window, bitch. I'd have done the hand slide. It's a camper. If you've ever done things in the car where the thing's off and you're doing whatever, the temperature rises, it can get foggy. I'd have done the foggy hand slide. It's nighttime. And here's Eve. Oh, shit. 
The 12th. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Fuck the 12, Eve. No, but that's what she would say. Like no, she yeah. would, Because I would need Eve to say, because she would be the one. Because Villanelle's like, the way I don't give a fuck about the 12 right Is now, I'm getting everything I want. Right. So it would have to be Eve that says, oh shit, the fucking 12. And then she has a moment where Villanelle's looking at her like, yeah, shit, the 12. And then she's or, like, and then she's like, this is my jaunty muse. Fuck it. And then they right. go back to the smash. Because, because they have the phone. No, yes. The 12's not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> Like, damn, the phone's dead again. That's right. They got to go find a charger at a truck stop. Yeah, because they kept saying truck stop. But, right. I can imagine Villanelle going, are you seriously thinking about the 12 right now? And Eve's like, oh, wait. Actually. (laughs) Actually. I'm Uh, sorry. I don't know because the way I know Villanelle dropped a jaunty tear the minute she got near queer. You know, that's been my muse the entire time. The way that bitch skipped around a fucking, the fucking camper, she's putty. Whatever Eve wants to do, she's doing it. And now you could have made me believe that shit, but instead you gave me some nonsense. I do believe that Villanelle would be like, whatever the fuck you want, especially getting near quick. I mean, they used that double shot. It was a fake shot because the shot was already there, which is why we have ideas about who decided what, when and where, because the shot list for the final episode is suspect because the shot of Villanelle looking over to Eve, like with the look of desire, like, oh, this is confirming the camera Camper smash, the implied smash, is the same exact lookover clip as I identified. Right? Yeah. It's it's, it's giving Merlin. It's ridiculous. So I just want the heads out there to know if anyone from Killing Eve ever listened to this, how dare you? 35 minutes? 35 it's, minutes. It says, 35 minutes. I remember Bill. Like, I can't. I cannot. Me too. The foggy window would have been hilarious. More hilarious than your cloister. And then you know what would have happened then? After they, okay, fuck it. We get in a little cutaway. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's unexpected by the audience. And then they have a real talk because we deserved it. No, They exchange I love yous. That would have been nice. No more I love yous. That's not the lyric I should have sang, but that's what Killing Eve said to me. No more I love yous. You're only going to get it from Emerald. Because Emerald's the only one who gave me and I love you. And then I actually would have taken like a villanelle being like, let's go to Alaska. And Eve being like, like, yo, what the fuck is up with you in Alaska? <laughs> Why do you keep suggesting Alaska? Because realistically, Eve knows nothing about the fucking <laughs> shake em snow thingy no, with yeah, snow the globe. snow globe. Right. right. Because they haven't talked. They haven't. The postcards. And the way they could have given us something, anything, with funny, winty banter, whatever the fuck. And even if you're still trying to say at the end of the game that Carolyn's still on her bullshit, that she's still the queen bee, whatever the fuck, you can then cut the fuck away. They're not concerned with the 12 right now because the 12's always going to be there. They want to go off and be gay and messy and like wilderness stuff, but not guns version. And you cut to them in Alaska and they doing the domestic shit that we've already seen. And maybe have a little argument, whatever. They outside, someone's outside, jaunty, long pullout shot. Carolyn got her binoculars and she's like, mm, enjoy your time, girls. The end! Because then you imply that even Villanelle gonna be doing stuff, but there's still a jauntier bitch in the back. Carolyn yeah. Martins, who's had her many murder daughters on strings and she pulls on them when she fucking needs them. Nope, because true. a smart Carolyn keeps them alive. Because you yes. need someone like even Villanelle when you need yes. someone like even Villanelle. Because the bitch was surely down back. You could have done that. You could have given us the same fucking shitty season down to the camper and simply change those final fucking minutes. And the way that the legend of Killing Eve would have lived on, the way the op-heads would have been like, look at how Killing Eve subverts everything people expected. Look at how the queers who aren't behaving, well, they'd like to behave badly, but they're together. They love each other. They're going off to go do whatever the fuck they want to do. Maybe they'll kill their Alaskan neighbor. Maybe they won't. We have no idea. But they get to be alive. They get to frolic because surely so many nasty men, so many vile fucking characters have been allowed to not only redeem themselves in TV and movie narratives, but live. Go on. Have a family. In fact, love, Mm -hmm. love, love. Ridley Scott right now is trying to make a movie about how Napoleon had love. Never mind being an emperor presiding over (sighs) some of the worst aspects of the slave trade. Espanola. 
current day Haiti, Dominican Republic. But you know he had love, Terrence. So I'm not trying it's, to fucking hear it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just trying not to yell. But the way that I just keep thinking of ways to save the fucking show where I would not be as picky or nitpicky about every fucking horrible, ridiculous thing like the course that they did in the season if they just would have cared enough to understand why the fuck we were invested in this show. Why the fuck we identified with Villanelle. Why the fuck people have identified with Eve. We identify with both Eve and Villanelle. How important it is to have a late jaunting queer. The story is not told enough and certainly not told with these shades that Eve Pilastri has. Only to then say some bullshit about baptism. Washing it off. They said the show will end and you will not know Eve Pilastri's maiden name. Nah, but like I said, it's on side for Laura because in this time people are attacking the queers from every angle. Like every fucking yep. angle queers are being attacked, especially the queer babies. It's not a fun time and so no, no. This energy, this angry energy, I will keep. I will keep. And I'm sure I will bring up Killing Eve a heck of a lot. Randomly in life because it can't be forgotten. Because really, really 20 years past Lost and Delirious. How many years? Six? past Lexa, where I feel like I was not in the right age demographic for that to affect me the way it might have if I was a teenager. No, right. Or in my early 20s. Because I, hey, been seen the pain before. And also, I was like, CW can't hurt me anymore. And I wasn't locked in. Right. And there was also shitty behind the scenes, set drama going on. They weren't treating people correct. So I no, wasn't yep. fucking with the 100. Yep. But the way that my heart broke for those gabies at the time, when you saw what happened, the movement six years ago, and we saw 2016, they killed so many gays, dozens of they gays did. off TV a in 2016. It was fucked was an, up. It it was it was bad. And now we're in 20 fucking two where people saying shit like you can't say gay. People like JK Howling spreading their nonsense across. People yep. saying slurs like it ain't shit. Like you won't get fucking faded in the street. So look, I just the way that I feel the assault on the quiz and everything that we hold did. I just this is even more personal because this was absolutely the wrong time for you to do this. Yeah. Maybe if this shitty ending was given to us in 2021, 2020, we would have been like, OK, great. Way to fuck up. And we might have moved on. But in this current timeline of what we're dealing with right now, of what the news is showing us, of gay bars getting burnt down in fucking Brooklyn. Right. Of people getting gay bashed. Hate crimes. Been on the rise since the panini started. Okay. All right. You evil hats want to play. That's cool. A bitch is always ready to jaunt into the fight. All right? Okay. Open invitation for Laura and Sally to talk to me. All right. Come to Brooklyn. We just want to talk. No. Really? Like, we would just Listen, talk. Listen. No, remember we would that video? If you had the moxie and the guts, we would literally just talk and ask you verifiable fucking questions. No, you're not yeah. a fucking homophobe. And you're just confused. Like, I had that video that I kept using talking about killing even how it would end. Where it's a woman with a gun. In the, in the car, she's like, I'm not mad at you. She's tapping the gun on the side of the car door. I just want to talk to you. And I, I need to know what the truth is. <laughs> I need to know what the truth is. So, y'all, my feelings were hurt. My feelings are still hurt. I think it's hilarious that apparently everyone claims this thing was talked about. There's even quotes from Joey and Sandra about like, oh, yeah, it's inevitable. Oh, yeah, it had to happen. Oh, yeah, whatever. But the way y'all didn't do that in the show, so... Round of applause right. for Sandra L. Jody Comer doing what the fuck they felt was right for their characters. Being like, oh yeah, this is what it says. Look, 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 stare, stare, stare. <laughs> like the fact that they said no romance, there's no lust, there's no care. Yes, I... A bitch just watched it over and I'm like, but what I watched was two women completely in love and then displaying right. it in the final episode. So I don't know what the fuck you thought they was doing. The I don't know like, what the director thought. The headset. Scream of relief. Look at these Fremony stares. Fremonies stare like that, right? Fremonies, that's <laughs> just gals being pounced. <laughs> no, right, right, right. No, we're literally here. Harold, there, there was lesbians. there was no Harold to tell. <laughs> no, there was no Harold. There was no Harold. So there was just gals being pals. This is fucking Ann Lister and those fucking tales of just like. <laughs>
You said, Yo. what was that, Dickinson? How do the two of you fit in that little bed? Right. Like, that was Dickinson. <laughs> How do you fit in that little bed? Oh, you'd be amazed, bitch. <laughs> With tech turns. Oh, my God. Well, at least we can also laugh at the absurdity because that's what that's what comes eventually is that the heads try to do you dirty. They maybe hurt your feelings, but it's really not even about them. It's about the history of it all. And then you you get your jump back, you get your jokes back, get your petty back, and you have a laugh. Yeah. It's like this movie, Loving Annabelle. It's like, <laughs> it's so problematic in so many ways. One of the main actresses has passed away, though. RIP to her. But it just, you know, it's one of those things. Oh, here's boarding school. Here's a girl. She's sitting over here, rich girl, whatever. Falls in love with her teacher. Is ridiculously flirty. Like, I felt like I had some confidence in high school and college. But there's there are limits to how you flirt with your fucking teacher, realistically. But this was beyond pacey. And that whole situation in Dawson's Creek. Anyway, it's a whole thing. There's some weird implied stuff between the headmaster and her who she's related to like what was uh sapphic like mm, incest what i don't what's happening here abuse i don't know but basically they link up eventually the teacher and the student they have sex it is what it is and the next day <laughs> the next day the morning of the morning of here come the headmaster throw it open the door to be like not you <laughs> the sapphic so the movie ends with the teacher getting fired and it looks like she's going to the police because, of course, this is statutory. What are we doing? <sighs> and in a limo, but, like, she has some sort of peace. <laughs> I don't... It's problematic. I'm laughing because I saw this at a film festival on a very memorable date. And this sheer absurdity of it and, like, the Q&A and just, like, the laughter we had during, it's one of those horrible queer films that I will rewatch just to laugh at how fucking absurd it is. The song she sings on her guitars. There's a lot of queer, specifically lesbian tropes in that film. And so it's absurd. It's bad. Don't watch it and say, Candace, I thought, I I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. It's like all the other films I named. Uh, you can watch it for queer history. Right. For history. history's right. sake. Don't go there looking for right. a positive representation. Right. Don't fucking watch motherfucking The Killing of Sister George and say, Candace, what the fuck is this? I told you it was like whatever happened to Baby Jane, except not. Right. Because it's not Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. It's like, what's the shit about Joan Crawford? No more wire No, right. Wow. Ever. Wow. Mommy Dearest. Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. It's Mommy Dearest for lesbians. <laughs> you know what? I can't. <laughs> and then, right. And then you see where Mother Daughter comes from. Wow. Right? And yikes. It's Mother Daughter. And it's like, just because you're used to seeing problematic fucking heads tell fucking stories about age differences, you certainly do not understand the attraction of the MILF. And maybe you could understand it if you got a queer bitch in the room. Maybe. It's weird that they don't get MILF, but they always want a DILF. Baby girl, old man, looking at you, Betney. I just, it's weird. Oh. Mm. It's weird. Well, you know, I only ended up warming up to Vision and Wanda because of Wanda Right, right. Because there simply wasn't enough in the films for me to want Paul Bettany's old ass near Baby Olsen. I just like, it creeps me out. I just know the age difference and I don't like it. So even though it was real sad to see the vision die, I was like, bye, bitch. No, yeah. Bye! Yeah. See ya. And I like that Wanda in this movie is like, I'm not going to a universe where my husband is. I'm going to a universe where my kids are. Right. Priorities. <laughs> She got priorities. She's like, I'm trying to get my yeah, kids back. I want my, kids. my queer kids, right. by the way. Uh, well, well, well. Not Disney. just taking this Marvel style. No. Like, no, we can't trust Disney. No. We can't trust them. Yeah. They might as well be villains at this point because the way they have minus the gay. They've said, don't say gay. In right. so many films where they said they were going to say gay. So, how another TBD. production company, Pixar's like, uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd stop queer washing our well, animation. They had to be provoked because of all that shit happening in Florida. No, yeah. And the fact that Disney employs like a city's worth of people nope. down yeah. there. So, you can't be telling your 
employees one thing in the meetings and then you're doing something else publicly when you have that much power in a state like Florida. Use it. Use it. Don't just use the gays for entertainment and for bullshit and for money. But then you can't support the gays in the state in which you hold a no, lot of power. No, it's true. Disney power. technically, I'm not going to say that y'all need to be putting people like we need a new DeSantis and they could be Disney funded. I don't care. This somebody could be somebody could say it, but it's like yeah, but Disney's keeping Florida afloat financially. Mm-hmm. So in Miami, the same way how it's some of y'all of got big corporate dollars, there's corporate sponsorship on half of y'all. And I wish y'all would wear them like tattoos so people know where your points of use is coming from. But uh, the way y'all trying to protect these brands, it's it's nauseating. I wish I was more into politics. Actually, no, I think I would be angrier. Facts. Well, guys, so that's... We'll just stop it here for now, man. We'll stop it here for now. My throat hurts. I've been yawning a lot. It has been a jaunty long day, and the sun will soon be in the sky. Or perhaps it is right now. Perhaps it is right, because the way we go. It's probably right now, but, you know, we hope everyone is doing okay. And for those who thinks that, you know, for those who have uh, stumbled across this podcast without watching the series and going, well, it's a good thing I didn't invest any minutes into that show. You don't waste your breath. You don't go horse for a show that has no potential. So what we're saying is not the reasons why you should avoid that media. It's we're saying that people were writing high on this show, whether it was inherited by these production companies, by these producers, by these directors, by these thespians, by design or by happenstance, we're not here to say which way it went, which way it was. We are saying that it, it was lightning in a bottle. And it, had you been there when it was all live from day one to watch and see the rise of Killing Eve, you would understand why people are so vocal about its fall. There's a reason why that score in the IMDb is where it is, and it's not because people don't care. It's because people it's because care people really fucking care. A lot. People really fucking care. You don't no, sign no. in to IMDb to rate really an episode low of a show that nobody cares about. Character. Really important character. And, you know, people I often refer to Villanelle as queer. Because she is, but she was intensely lesbian coded, actually. Actually correct. In a way that is just so not what we get. We get Het's interpretation of what lesbians are supposed to be. And it makes me think about Gentleman Jack and a lot of things I was saying about how Saran presents Suzanne Lister and everything from her posture, you know, to how she sits and the different things, that it all is relevant. It all matters. It's about your energy. It's about those people who are unmistakably queer. They step into a room and you're like, that's a queer bitch. And so I just... The kind of confidence and lack of shame, missing shame. Yes. There's always so much shame yes. wrapped up in queerness. People feel like they need to inject it because they're like, well, isn't it a part of life? Isn't it reality? And it's like, well, yes, of course it is for a number of people because we're stuck in this heterosexual paradigm. The patriarchy. And with Ann Lister, the evidence of her acceptance of self and invariably a type of missing shame that we have seen historically and fictionally in other stories was that it was an acceptance of this queer jaunt. And not only that, but being good with gals. I'm really good with gals. I just, I don't know. It's God-given. And because it's God-given, I surely must exploit it. That this is, you know, it's exceedingly rare. And we've talked about the nails and the different things and enough roles, a lot of roles looking like straight girls cosplaying lesbians. No. Yes. Because the energy doesn't match, the physical body language doesn't match, like the jaunt, like just, just stuff isn't hitting. And the way Villanelle 
would hit on so many levels. The way the bitch from the first time we saw her was letting people know I am looking respectfully and not respectfully. No, right. It's MILF. And I just, not only will I miss that in her characterization, even though she's alive, and that's a whole other agenda we will keep pushing. She I is just, alive. I lament the absolute carelessness with which she was handled, as well as Eve Palastri. And it's that just, too. it's on different levels because I feel like Villanelle and what she represents as a queer icon is one side of the spectrum and Eve is something else. They're equally as important and both were completely done a disservice. And additionally so for Sandra Oh because her ethnicity, her background was disregarded for pretty much the entirety of the show, except yeah. for a throwaway scene in fucking Suzanne's season. Potentially because Sandra Oh mentioned it, which we know she did. Remember Suzanne suggested some other country I can't remember, but Sandra yep. said she said Koreatown. No. Right. And, so, and everybody looked at her like... Rrr. And then they left it there. They didn't they do did anything leave else. It there. This was the time to get a consultant. We got this was the time to cashier. ask for help. We got one conversation in the back of the kitchen. Actually, two. One before Caroline, one God. after Caroline. Do and no mention date. of it since. The way Eve could have been talking to a family member instead of foe this whole that. season. Anyway. So I feel like my thoughts were all over the place. But yeah, that's just, that's just you know, it's just it's upsetting. It's horrible. It's whatever. It's tragic it's disappointing it's infuriating it's traumatizing but we'll continue trying to get through it together right guys we will we we will will so enjoy these parts they're the first of many maybe the second who knows maybe these are you two. might be yeah, the third. i think we were only supposed to have one but with this record time i feel like it'll be at least two yeah a, a two-part prologue good lord whatever well I y'all mean, already know <laughs> right well well for those of you who get maybe one part will be ready for sunday maybe and it's not impossible. They won't One hear part, right. They'll, they'll hear. And then maybe you'll get a part on Monday. Maybe. But yeah, I also want to shout out Jessica. We got your box. I have to get in your DMs. There was some weird shit happening in the shipping room. We couldn't get in there. But we got in there recently and found your box that you left with your note. It's a killing Eve adventure. You've got this strange effect on me. The smile on my face when I opened the box. Same for terms when I showed it to him mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're talking about taking a journey, solving the puzzles, following clues. You know what? So I'm really excited to do this. We thought maybe we could, I don't know, do a video or something, put on Patreon or go live, depending on when we do this. But I am very much looking forward to this pick-me-up because a bitch has had a rough week. No, yeah. A bitch has had a rough yes. week. The way I've been jaunting through traumatic memories, I didn't, you know, grief. When most of this pandemic has been grief, it's been a whole lot of grief. And I've been on my Elena, my delay. No, And yeah. the way that Villanelle's handling has kick-started just like a jaunty memory list. It's like, oh, well, that's fun. Not only did I see Elena in the finale, but I'm experiencing Elena-like tendencies. Great! Because literally, it's 2022. That's two years. It's doing stuff. So thank you, Jessica. I wonder what's in these boxes. Can't wait to find out. Puzzles! A distraction from the finale is like my takeaway from it. Can we distract? But yeah, anything. Anything (laughs) to not find more quotes from Sally about watery, doing the watery thing. He's watering some symbolism and water. Christ. Uh, so could you talk to me about um, your desire to not have any Asians in your writing room, Sally? There's something about... Uh, oh, wait, <laughs> the <wow>. way I- <laughs> That makes me... Anyways. Anyways. Uh, so this is um, the intro to the process of us uh, prologuing you know, one of the series that decided to grace our screens. It gave us thrills, gave us chills, gave us kills. And then, um, I don't know, somebody shot the bed somewhere along the line. Along the way, but... but It is what it is. It is what it is. Ernest, thank yous to Sandra, Jody, Fiona, Kim, Kirby, 
I'm going to add Candace to that list. Um, only because she said, and now I can heart it and really internalize it, that you can see everyone's favorite character as they ran the show. So the showrunner number one. Showrunner number one. Phoebe. Was the one to have Eve Palastri as their number one. And it does Show. It I did say showed. that. And I think it's natural to have a favorite character, because of course, but the way it did not work to our favor as the series has ended, because for the first time, a showrunner's favorite character was neither of the mains. And furthermore, she saw Carolyn as a patriarchal Agent. pawn. Yeah, no, right, right. That she actually isn't subversive at all, that she's actually just selfish with internalized misogyny, who would throw two jaunty Miss Sandry Hills under the bus. To go work for a man again. You gave me a line in the last episode where I thought that I was going to get the news that Geraldine was dead. And you said, oh, no, she's just insufferable. Well, and on that note, I think we can end this episode. <laughs> yes. You already know how to reach us um, on all the things. Hey, you guys, all want word at www.votenow.com. Our Instagram, which I hardly ever check. But you can still send things and add us is at wellvillanelle. No, it's at wellwellvillanelle. That's our Instagram. But our Twitter, our Twitter, our show's Twitter, if you are bad about it, is at wellvillanelle. A lot of you have found it. A lot mm-hmm. of you follow it. And we do appreciate it. Some of you have found our non wellwellvillanelle Twitter accounts. And oh. that is also okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't really tweet much, but I try. If you want to find some of our tweets, depending on the hashtags, you can look under believability. Oh, whatever. You can the way you make sentences into hashtags. I call you LeBron James because you make no sense with your hashtags. None. My brand new one is in Laura we trusted because there's an ED at the end now, (laughs) and she knows what she did. She knows what she did. Oh, and I feel like I was in the middle of saying my things too. Sandra and Jody, because there will be words. It'll be scathing. It'll be dark. But I always, I just want to be very clear about what I am grateful for. And that is the very nuanced, tender performances given by Sandra and Jody. No one else could have embodied the characters the way they did with their chemistry. To Sandra O, oh, without whom us and certainly millions of other people would have never engaged with Killing Eve because she is Sandra O. Oh. Sandra, thank you for making Eve such yes. a wonderfully complicated, chaotic, relatable, misandry woman. So many people felt seen because you existed as Eve and we have the messages over the years to prove it and we know that you put all that you had into the crafting of this character and the nuance of her humanity and the authenticity of her queerness. Yep. That everyone was so afraid to talk about in lots of interviews. As a blossoming queer, right. Which we know is a real thing that is all too often ignored or underserved in narratives that we see. So thank you for that. Thank you for screaming that scream that did not sound like relief. Somehow Stella thought it was. I don't know how. That did not sound like rebirth. But thank you for screaming and I don't, that scream. I don't get that either, but you know, and thank you for thank screaming thank you to Jody scream. for playing the jaunty fucking hoe. Yes. Definitely the jaunty hoe that I have seen in a lot of years on television. I will have to see how my list is and how it's holding up, but she is up there. Like I said, she is one of those things. I do see myself if I'm lucky enough to make it another 30 years, talking about Villanelle in the same way that I do about Xena. And for those of you who've been listening mm-hmm. to Terrence and I, since we started this fucking ridiculous journey, you know it Xena comes up a lot because yes. that is how impactful she was to me and my adolescence, I don't know, my worldview, how I see things, a warrior bitch, yep. you know? And so Villanelle is that thing, is that thing. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm done for now. I can't even think anymore. It's late. Whatever. Thanks, you guys. Thank you until, uh, Love you, guys. The, you know, the next, until the next wave you of know the, the vibes epilogue 
Um, Wait, it's not even, the epilogue is the end. No, so right. it's a chapter. All right, so until the next chapter. <laughs> not you saying at the end. The no, no, I, that's what I was going to say. Until the next until chapter. Until the next chapter. Well, just peace out. I'm not even going to scream. Peace out. I do want to scream. But I, I'm not going <laughs> to. I want to, but I'm You're not, not going to do gonna. the close out? I want to scream. Oh, did you? Uh, we can. I mean, why should we let them take our stuff? That is true. We still hope that if you get killed, it's by a fucking woman. That is true indeed. Please. Double down. Triple down. Let's fucking do All it. All right. So until the next part of the breakdown, here's hoping you get killed by a woman. And you guys feel the See you guys in the next fucking installment of this fucking bullshit. And Laura, we trust it. Right. But never again, bitch. But never never the, the fuck, fuck again. again. Hex on your whole family. Double the Lego. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's like totally murder. <laughs>